What's up? And welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you on a football Friday. We cannot wait for the playoffs this weekend. We're talking to you about that and the Chicago Bears. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Momentarily, we're going to hear from Lewis Riddick, who spent time with Waddle and Silva yesterday breaking down the Bears and what they should do in the offseason. Uh, sidebar, may I approach? Yes, sir. Brought to you by Ankin Law. 3126 million for the great Howard Ankin. Put that lawyer in your phone. Sound my ball. I think that you and I need to come up with an edict right now for college football. Okay. The idea that Miami tight end Cam McCormick has announced that he will return to college for what is believed to be a ninth season of eligibility is insane. Did you see the story? I just saw it cross on an alert that he got it granted a ninth year of eligibility. I'm like, ninth? Now, keep in mind, he's had multiple times in which he's been injured, some in which he earned himself a medical red shirt from the NCAA, and all the players who participated in college athletics in 2020 got another year of eligibility because of the pandemic. The, but again, McCormick spent his first seven of his college seasons at Oregon. Yep. Holy Evan Eschmeyer. The idea that he's going to be there for a ninth tell, season. Tell the young kids who Evan Eschmeyer is. A uh, player for uh, Northwestern that seemed like he was there for a decade. Yeah, basketball. Yes. They seemed like six years. For, forever, seem, yeah. seemingly, right? Yeah. Nine years is ridiculous. Now, in nine years, do you think that uh, Cam McCormick got his diploma? He should be working on a doctorate. I mean, he's a 20... Nine-year-old cap. Let me take a look at this. This age here. He's been there forever. So I'm thinking. So what do you have in common with nineteen, twenty, twenty-one-year-olds when you go to the club? More money in your pocket. Fine, but now that becomes a little bit uh, <clears throat> uncomfortable when dad's in the club with you because that's how old this, this guy is. Oh, what year are you? I'm a senior, super senior. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the guy, the old guy that, that's at the school with his hat turned backwards and a skateboard over his shoulder. That's pretty funny. Cam McCormick in his ninth year of college, Cap. Nine years. So clearly the NFL's not coming to call. They're not calling at all. So he's got there again. Now, his numbers have not been impressive. You'd think, you know, after all this time, his numbers were, have not been that good because of injuries. But, I mean, nine years of college. I know some would like to go back because they remember the good old days. Right. He's living his good old days. Correct. He's a man out there amongst young young men. Dad, what was college like for you? Oh, it was the best nine years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes a joke after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 nine years. I want it out. I'd probably look for something else after nine years of college. I mean, on campus. Crazy. As a, as, almost in your 30s. Bananas. Wow. Some thoughts from uh, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick was on with Waddle and Sylvie, and again, they always have a great conversation regarding what you do with Justin Fields, what do you do with the quarterback situation. Lewis Riddick talks about how he, if he was uh, the um, general manager of the Bears, would keep Justin Fields. Riddick? I'm leaning towards, I, I would want to keep him. Trade down, get a absolute, just track their trailer hall, and then go to work as far as team building and build a juggernaut. And you know what? Again, when you start trying to follow the breadcrumbs and read the tea leaves or whatever kind of fancy analogy you want to use, if you start snooping around Cliff Kingsbury, who knows Caleb Williams intimately, well, not intimately, personally, professionally, 
you start to think, now, why are they in particular going and snooping around him? It's just all, it, it, look, sometimes the simplest explanation is the right one. Well, most times it is. And maybe that is what they're thinking. I don't know. This, this, I, I, I think, though, what I saw at the end of the year, and I've never spent a day with Justin Fields in a meeting room on a practice field, in the weight room, training room, locker room. I've never spent a day. But just watching him the, the last half of this season and the last two weeks in particular, if I was playing arm, well, I am playing armchair GM, hmm. sitting on my couch GM, I'd be going, I don't know if I want to trade that away. Because what did he do the last few weeks? He had one touchdown in the last three road games on a one-yard drive. That was the only touchdown. Like I'd ask, like to ask Lewis, what did you see that you go, I'm not sure I want to trade that away? What did you see? Maybe you saw some flashes. I had a coach tell me this once, huh? and, and I believe it wholeheartedly. Flashes get people fired. <laughs> you know why? Because what happens is, it flashes just enough for you to continue to hang on and hang on and hang on and hang on. And then next thing you know, okay, as a coach, you're getting your rear end fired because you kept believing in the upside. You kept believing in the potential, and you couldn't see when to draw the line. C-Cap, guys like Lewis Riddick and Brock Heward, who we played yesterday, college football analyst for Fox, and people that you've talked to and people I've talked to because we've sh- shared the intel those that are on the side of Justin Fields and say he should stay with the Chicago Bears. You know what it is? They see the running ability, they see the strong arm, and they say, you know, it's the Bears that's holding Justin Fields back. Mm -hmm. Never mind about the inability sometimes not to be able to read defenses or being able to see there's guys wide open, you got to take your shot. Now, what they see is the YouTube clips. They see the highlights, and nothing wrong with that. But when you get a Lewis Rick, you know what he's doing? He's putting the pressure on the Bears saying that polls didn't do a good enough job of supplying enough for Justin Fields. And I'm saying that it's both. Both things can be true in that Justin has a hard time reading some defenses. I don't believe what the last caller said, one of our callers saying that he's not an NFL quarterback and can't read any defenses. That's not true. There's been trouble, though, obviously, on the learning curve for Justin Fields. But guys like Riddick and guys like the others that we've heard from feel like, yeah, you know what? If you just supply him with enough time on the offensive line and and a bookend wide receiver on the other side of D.J. Moore, that the Bears will be just fine. That could be true. But what if it isn't? And you pass up on the quarterback class twice. Right. You want to be the franchise that left Mahomes, Stroud, and Caleb Williams if he becomes that guy on the board? I don't. Unless you can tell me that Justin's going to be an all-pro. You know what this is, right? This is your key fob. This is your mortgage. This is everything that you own, Cap. You drain the bank account. All right, for this one card game, all in. Okay, let me see your cards. My card is is that I'm going with Caleb Williams. Your card is I'm going to stick with uh, the Justin Fields and get more for Justin. Who's going to win the game? We're going to find out. All of our stuff's in the middle of the table, though. It's all in. I got everything that I own, Cap. And if you lose, if you're wrong, if Justin becomes a star, I win. If Justin busts out and Caleb Williams becomes that dude that's one of these guys playing, yeah, you're winning and I'm getting fired. Yeah. Then I, I got everything that you own. I got this hand here. My hand is Caleb Williams. 
difference maker, and I'm still going to do everything I need to protect him on the offensive line. I'll get the I'll get a wide receiver in this draft and in free agency. That's my hand. That's my hand. Your hand is keep Justin Fields and then do the same things. All this only thing is is that you're just you you pick the lane of the quarterback. Whose hand wins? Because that's how dangerous this is. Everything's in the middle of the table. My stuff, your stuff, all of our checks, <laughs> like everything else. Who wins that hand? Like I'm sh- sure that Poles has a beautiful car and a beautiful home. Guess what, honey? I guessed wrong. Pack the stuff up. I just took a job with the Carolina Panthers as a personnel guy. Yep, that's what you're looking at. I got fired. Right. That's it. Ryan Pace works in Atlanta now. He's not the GM. He he has a job. He he has to pay his mortgage. He had to uproot his kid and his wife because he guessed wrong. I'll take Mitch. How'd that work? You just wish that you'd be a wide receiver away from being still employed. A quarterback away. A defensive player away. I guessed wrong. I'm fired. I may never be a GM again. I'll never see that kind of money again. I'll never have that prestige again. Right. That's how fleeting it is. That's why this offseason is important. Because if they if they pick wrong, Cap, if they say, you know what, we are going to go with Caleb Williams. We want to reset it and we want to save money. Or like a Lewis Riddick would say, nah, you know what? I sat back on my couch. I think he could do more. I just need to supply more around him. What if this is the best that you're going to get from number one, from JF1? Right. What if? Not saying it is. What if? Fired. And now we look like idiots because we're supporting this regime and how it feels fresh and new and yet still more underachievement. More underachievement. That's how tight this is. Wow. This is, a, this is the ultimate card game. Everything I own, Kev. Here it is. Who's going to be right? Like for the next 15 years, you walk into work every day up at Hallis Hall. Caleb Williams, NF, or AFC, NFC, whatever it is, player of the week. Oh, his team's in the NFC title game. His team's in the Super Bowl. Oh, he's an all-pro. And I guessed wrong. Or Caleb Williams is just okay, and guess what? We got to the Super Bowl with Justin. I guessed right. Honey, get a bigger house because I'm getting a big extension. Just a fact. Some of these tall buildings in this city... And other big cities that we know, was Las Vegas, New York, Dallas, wherever, there are high-stakes poker games like that. What, who has the tattoo that has, says All In on it? That'd be your guy right here. <laughs> all In. That's <laughs> it. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean that ultimately, that is it. Poles knows it. That is it. Now, I'm still the same guy that still told you from the beginning that I feel like Poles will have two coaches. He's not ready to pull the trigger on that yet because he didn't want to accelerate the time on a new coach. I said he'd get two coaches. He's not even ready to pull the trigger on Eberflus with all these coaches available. I keep hearing, like, not that they're extending him, but that he, Pauls was, like, he's all in. Like, he's not thinking next year I'm going to fire that dude. Not at all. Like, he's hiring an OC and a quarterback coach and a staff. And he believes they're taking the next step with whoever it is at quarterback. And that Iberflus is going to be here a long time. An extension. Now, again, you know how you earn the extension in your third year of four? Get to the playoffs. More than seven wins. You can't just say, well, you know what? We had a down year because of injuries, so he's going to, we're going to roll it back. And we'll give him a secret extension like the Bulls do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the secret extensions. You remember those. 
The quietly. Quietly. It's, it is. It's something. And this is why it's a great conversation because the Chicago Bears and their future is on the line. It's on the line. I'm talking to Cliff Kingsbury, who whoever the OC is. You get you got to get that right too, Cap, because that OC's got to be on the same page with whoever the quarterback's going to be. Could you imagine Cliff Kingsbury married to Caleb Williams with the Chicago Bears? Say, for instance, that's the thing. Bears get some momentum. They get to the playoffs. Cliff is gone. You know he's a climber. He's looking for the next job. He's looking over. He's like that guy at the party that's looking over your shoulder to find someone else more important to talk to. That's who Cliff Kingsbury is. Climber. Yeah, I have no issues if they hire an OC and he does such a great job that whoever the quarterback is, an all-pro, and we're playing in the Super Bowl and he gets a job, good for him. Mm-hmm. I like good the, for him. That's a good problem to have. Get to the Super Bowl first, though. They can go wherever you like. People are all worried. Well, we we got to hire an offensive head coach. So if the offense is good, he doesn't lead. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. He's so hungry and so thirsty to win. It doesn't matter, right? Correct. Just, Just win. <laughs> that's what it is. It's something. And again, Lewis Riddick goes on to talk about how the Bears should build around Justin Fields. Listen. Right now, I think they'd go with keeping Justin. I, I don't. I don't look. They, they haven't lost faith. In that in that West Coast style offense, okay, they haven't lost faith in. And look at all the dudes they're bringing in that are direct descendants of that. So they still like it. They obviously still like it philosophically. And how could you not? How could you not? But not everybody can teach it the exact you know the same way. I mean, it, you you know this, right? I mean, and it has different variations too. I mean, and it is a good system. It is. I've heard Mike McDaniel talk about it. Just, I sat and talked to Sean about it and listened to Kyle talk about it. I was with Andy and listened to him talk about it. it everybody has their different things, so they still like it. And I, and I do think that Justin can thrive in it. I think he could thrive in it in the same way that Jordan Love is thriving in it. Okay, but you can't do it as is. Can't do it as is. And we're moving excuses out of the way. I mean, I want to make sure we accentuate that point. It's not like we're saying, well, you know, it's just on coaching. I know that, and, and to me, that's just so lazy. It's lazy. That is just on coaching. All you need is just a better coach. It's never the player's fault. And I understand that the players are always the darlings. But the idea that it's always just on the coaches is just nonsense. When you lose, you lose as a team. I know that that flat statement doesn't work for some people, but it works for me. Because you can look at any corporation, any organization, Cap. If you don't reach your goals, that's on everybody. Because everyone has to pull from the same rope to get to the common goal. Yeah. I don't disagree with you there, but the excuses have got to stop at some point. If we keep Justin, the excuses have to stop. Jordan Love's talking the other day, and I'm reading the comments where he's like, yeah, the first two years they gave me just great training, and I sat behind Aaron, and the coaches were awesome with me. Luke Getze was his quarterback coach. Yep. But here he's a pariah. Now, again, Courtney had a great point. Maybe you're not great as a play caller, but you're really good as a position coach. Mm-hmm. But you ask any Bears fan, Luke Getzey's an idiot. He doesn't have any idea what he's doing. Okay, well, Jordan Love doesn't agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so and again for Matt Eberflus, I mean, when he would talk to Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren, so what do you want to do? I mean, this offense isn't good enough. What do you want to do? Fire the, the we can fire Getzey and replace him. What about the rest of those guys? Yeah, get rid of the whole room. He got rid of everybody but the O-line coaching staff and the, I think, the tight ends coach. They fired the assistant tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. They got seven coaches they have to replace, uh, um, including the D.C. Well, I mean, Eberflus had to do something. 
can't go forward. I mean, could you imagine Eberflus trying to defend Getsy and that offensive staff? No. Something had to change. Correct. I don't have intel on that, but it would be interesting to say, okay, why should you deserve to come back as head coach for the Chicago Bears? Well, look at our defense. Yeah, but what about your offense? We have all these numbers that's in the 30s or the low 20s offensively. What are you going to do about that? Uh, Change the coaches? Bingo. Do it. Otherwise, we have to get rid of you. You can't stay here with this offense. Correct. You can't stay here with this underachievement. I know that Kevin Warren is political, and he likes to be able to put on those jazz hands about how his time in St. Louis and Minnesota, things had turned around from being a bad team to a Super Bowl champion or a Super Bowl contender. It's Chicago, man. It's Chicago. It's different. You would hope that they, the Bears can get to there. It's a great example of how you can go from worst to first with St. Louis. But again, the St. Louis Rams had the infrastructure, good organization, drafted well. They also had a Hall of Fame running back, Falk. Hall of Fame wide receiver Isaac Bruce, another stud Tory Holt. Oh, and they had a Hall of Fame backup quarterback, Kurt Warner. Yeah, three one two three three two. ESPN is our phone number. Derek in Brooklyn, New York, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Hello, Derek. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing today? What's up, brother? Chilling, man. Chilling. Um, quick question, man. Um, as far as Justice Fields concerned, when he was in college, who was his quarterbacks coach? Corey Dennis. And the Bears never. Thought about maybe like bringing them or you know who now nobody could say if he was going to leave Ohio State but did they even try to like interview him or maybe try to bring him in to maybe make Justin a little bit more comfortable with the situation? I mean they they just hired a new OC at Ohio State they brought in Bill O'Brien and Corey Dennis got passed over for a promotion. I, I mean oh. I have not heard him at all with any NFL jobs so. Because uh, I would think, you know, if y'all do, if we do decide to keep Justin, maybe they would go, maybe you know, go that route and bring somebody familiar from Ohio State, and you know, maybe to you know help him out, whatever. But I, my my opinion is this, man. I'm you know I'm with you guys. I'm always rolling with what you and Jay Hood said as far as I'm a Bears fan. But you know, I, I like Kayla Williams. I, I like what he brings to the table. But I just want a good team, man. You That's know, all everybody, I care about. Yeah, I just want a good team, bro. Because it's like all these years, I watch, I watch, I watch. I'm disappointed. I just want a, a a team that can consistently make the playoffs, and and we can see what happens when we make the playoffs. We can't guarantee a Super Bowl victory, but just going to the playoffs, you just feel good about your team on a year year in and year out basis, and that's all I want, man. Whatever Ryan Poles decides to do, I don't have an issue. I think the man is a good GM. Let the man cook. I I said this on Black and Abdallah the other day. I don't knock him for the chase play pool trade because this is my opinion on it. He saw a guy that's 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", with potential that had a good rookie year, and he just wasn't working out in Pittsburgh. And he took a chance, and it just didn't work out. But I don't think we should keep ridiculing him over that particular situation. All GMs make mistakes in drafts and trades. You know what I mean? But listen, always listen. Love you guys. Bear down, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's do it. Bear down. Have a great day. 312-332-3776 Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Round Lake, here's Greg on Cap and J Hood. Good morning, Greg. Hey, what's up, Cap and J Hood? How are you? What's up, brother? What's up, Greg? So I got uh, two things real quick. First off, I think what Lewis Riddick, what he was saying when he what he saw like from Justin at the end of the year was, I mean, I, not even just at the end of the year. I think it's throughout the whole year. The way his team and everything was defending him and. Like keeping the continuity together, I think like that goes a long way. Obviously, and we've seen what turnover looks like in Chicago over and over again. You know, so I think that's kind of like what he was saying why he would stick with Justin. 
And it's not a bad idea, honestly, as long as you can build around him and, and get the haul that they're saying that you could get for that first pick. Um, you know what I was I mean, confused. I like- you know what, Greg, what I was confused about, and Cap and I were talking about this earlier. Like Lewis Riddick tells Waddle and Sylvia in December that flashes get you fired because it was brought up that you know there's flashes of of Justin Fields being a really solid quarterback, and he says, "Well, flashes get you fired." Then he says, "Now after some thought, that he would keep Fields and just build around him." All I'm all I'm saying is, is like, yeah, I think we all see the potential. But potential is not winning games. Potential is not no, getting I to agree. the Super Bowl. I that, agree. That's the whole thing, man. That's the whole yeah. thing. My, that's my point. Yeah. The thing that worries me, too, like going in the Caleb Williams route is like, I just, I don't know if he's going to be cut out for the Chicago media, man. I mean, seeing the way he was sometimes on the field and, and everything. I don't know. I like the kid. I think he'd be great. I just worry with all that. You know what I mean? Because I've seen how our. Uh, Chicago could just eat up a quarterback. No <laughs> like question. Any player, really, anyway, you know. So. It's a tough town, man. Very tough. And the reason why is because you hold the team accountable. We do. Now, sometimes we are more over the top than other fan bases. We have never had a quarterback yet, us included, all think we know what one looks like. Well, I know what one looks like. I'm going to see a whole bunch of them this weekend. Josh They're Allen. not available. Patrick Mahomes. They're not available. Lamar Jackson. But I've seen it on my TV, just not in a Bears uniform on a regular basis. The pop-ups from, from Jim Miller and Eric Kramer is not enough. And Jim McMahon, not enough. Not enough. Agreed. Vince Evans. But again, <laughs> have we ever put a good plan in place? I mean, a real plan. Nope. We have not. Oh, we'll trade for Cutler. No, we'll give him Devin Hester as his number one receiver, and we won't upgrade the offensive line. Never put enough weapons in the offensive line. No, enough money. Mm-mm. Okay, get him out of here. We don't like him. All right, we're drafting this Mitchell Trubisky. He's sitting for an entire year and learning what it means to be a pro. Oh, four games in, you want to play him? Put him in. Justin Fields, he's not ready, says the coach. Five games in, let's go. Mm-hmm. Really? That's why the Packers don't screw up, because they let guys develop. Yeah. We don't. That's exactly right. But you know what would happen if you drafted Justin Fields. Well, we had it. People were screaming, how can you not start him? He's your number one pick. you got to play. No, you're not. But they cave into pressure every time. By the way, we talked earlier this week about how Justin Fields just continued to get hit when he played. Like Again, no penalties. He could be on the run. He slides, and he gets hit. And we were looking for a comp for that, Cap. Like, who is that comp? Where there's a quarterback that is a big target that gets hit, but there's no calls. And we, I found out who it is. Ooh. I'll go to Metal Arc Media, the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts. They had Cam Newton on. Listen. I don't think Justin Fields could say that right now because he's still going through the same situations that I had, too. And Justin is a person who, who I know very uh, well, seeing him in high school at the age of 16, playing on my 707 all-star team. So seeing his struggles and his issues from being protected at the quarterback position is something that I can kind of empathize with him a little bit. Well, what's happening there? Because, I, you know, you got to be careful with some of this stuff because you know how it gets aggregated and what goes viral. Uh, why are you choosing Justin Fields there instead of Josh Allen? Well, Justin Fields hasn't been protected, in my opinion. I mean, it's simple. Some of the hits that he's been taking, even when he's given himself up, hasn't felt like he's been protected. So that's why I say Justin Fields, per se, more than Josh Allen. And 
that's not to to say this person deserves more than that person. It's just it's the referee's responsibility to protect the player. And there's times where there's egregious hits that Justin hasn't been protected. It all sucks. Yeah, it, it does. does. It's not degrees of suck. Um, it all sucks. <laughs> That's right, Mike Tomlin. It all sucks. Yeah. So there's your comp. You remember Cam Newton, big tight end looking quarterback. He'd get hit Monster. a ton. Monster. The reason why he's out the league now is because of all the injuries that he suffered. Because he, he he wouldn't get calls cap because when he ran with the football, he was a monster of a quarterback, and he'd get knocked down. And so Cam Newton saying on on the Metal Arc Media, he's like, you know what? Wait a minute. That reminds me of me. Justin Fields getting hit all the time, no flags. That's that's insane. I mean, everyone gets flags, and Levitar kind of lead, let him in there. It's like, you know, Josh Allen gets calls. Why not Justin Fields? A lot, the majority of the quarterbacks in this league gets those kind of calls when they slide and keep themselves open. Right. Not Justin Fields. It's, it's brutal. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Agreed. Is he not a quarterback when he's under center? Is he not, doesn't he have the ball in his hands the lion's share of the time? He does. He's not a wide receiver or tight end. He does. I heard one, he was a former referee, said, Justin Fields slides too late. He's got to get down earlier and lower. He's too upright. Okay. I'm like, really? Still a quarterback, man. Agreed. I don't understand it. Uh, James is in Bolingbrook on ESPN 1000. James, good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. How's it going? So, real quick, just wanted to touch on what Lewis Riddick was saying. And I'm starting to wonder, I don't know if anybody's mentioned this, but I'm starting to wonder for takes such as Lewis Riddick's where he's saying he, he sees glimpse of what Fields could possibly do in year four. And I totally get the argument that you are what your record says you are and Justin's stats are what they are. I, I think that's true as well. But I'm wondering if some folks who have the mindset that he could maybe make this leap in, in year four are looking at it in the context of Okay, year one, they say he's not ready, so he doesn't start. I think Dalton plays like six or seven games, right, and then gets hurt. And then Justin plays the remaining ten games or whatever it was. So he's adjusting to the speed of the NFL, and then he's adjusting to the contingency plan. That now he's a starter, where as before the plan was for him to be a backup. So that's I'm not going to call it a throwaway year, but it's his rookie year. He comes in about two-thirds of the way in, or a third of the way in. It is what it is. The stats are what they are. You know, he's got to be better. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Year two, they're essentially, not essentially, they're tanking. They have probably one of the least talented teams top to bottom in the league. They're tanking. Justin's really not even being asked to stand in the pocket. He's running all around. He's not, and I'm not saying right or wrong, like, you know, it was what it was, but he's not really in a position a lot of time to have to read defenses, to practice looking off safeties, you know, this, that, and the third. And he's running around, the team's tanking, they're three and 13 or 14, whatever it is. They get the number one pick. This year, again, the stats are what they are, whether you're four fields or not, they are what they are. We all get that. But as people have said, he's shown some glimpses in there. And I'm wondering if people, some people like maybe Lewis Riddick are looking at things in its total context and thinking based on everything, and the little bit we saw on the second half this year, is, is that why they're maybe thinking, okay, going forward, year four, with a beefed-up O-line, if we trade down, get some O-line, get it, Malik Neighbors sure. or Almond um, Dunes, could that be the recipe to get us you know, where we 
otherwise would want to go. So that's pretty. That's, yeah, on James, that. that's pretty much what he's he's saying. He's saying that if you just build more around Justin Fields, that Fields will be a better quarterback. Okay. I hope he's right if that's what they choose to do. Again, what I would say to you is, and if it doesn't work, we're left holding a, a team that doesn't have a good enough quarterback, and we don't have the number one pick again. And head coach to boot. Don't be with the head coach now. Correct. Because like, you, you passed up on all these names, and so it's like they didn't do what the Cubs and the, and the Blackhawks and the White Sox have done in the past. They're like, they're like, no, we're good. Okay. Right. My, and my point is, next year, if you have to fire Eberflus and you go, well, we're not picking up Justin's fifth-year option and we're not going to extend him or we're letting him leave, oh, we finished 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and, and we're just not good enough there. What are you doing? Yeah. Spinning your wheels. Spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. You better get this right. The Friday folder is overflowing. We have so many things we didn't get to this week. You will get to them coming up next. Captain Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's today's headline. Headline with Captain Jay Hood. The Bears meeting with USC quarterback coach and senior offensive analyst Cliff Kingsbury today in Los Angeles for their vacant offensive coordinator gig. Kingsbury has experience with Caleb Williams and is an obvious choice if the Bears use the top pick on Caleb Williams. Bulls won on the road over Toronto yesterday, 116-110. Zach Levine left the game with a right ankle injury. Vucevic DeRozan led the way with 24. Vuce was amazing. He had 13 boards and 7 assists. While Kobe White added 23 Blackhawks over their ninth loss in their last 11 games last night. Three zip to the Sabres in Buffalo. The NFL Divisional round this weekend. Saturday, it's Ravens-Texans, Niners-Packers into Sunday where the Lions will host Tampa Bay with Shane Norling and his daddy right there in the stadium. And Buffalo gets another shot at Kansas City, (laughs) this time in Orchard Park, New York. Jay Moore. What? Why why did you say it that way? You're going with your Welcome dad. back to Captain Jay Hood. You're officially on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. It's, it's time for the Friday I folder like on the Captain Jay Hood Show. It's just a bizarre individual. <laughs> Shay and his daddy. Shay and what his daddy. Time for the. You guys have issues. I, I, we have issues. It's Shay and his daddy. Why did you? In the headlines, too, by the way. I don't in the understand headlines. why he said it like that. He okay. said with Shay Norling and his daddy. And his daddy. You could have said Shay Norling and his dad. I don't call my... I've never said daddy. I've, daddy's weird. It's Shay and his daddy. <laughs> Time for so the... So odd. Friday folder. You're odd. Here on the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show. Here's Shay and his daddy. <laughs> what the Zaddy? hell? This is very, Daddy. very strange. Your All right, is. well... Uh, his father or his dad? His daddy! <laughs> Look at me, everybody! It's his daddy! Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Uh, all right, we're going to start with the Portland Trailblazers. God, oh because Portland center DeAndre Ayton... Mm-hmm. Uh, missed his game on Wednesday. He was DNP. This was not a coach's decision. 
ate and tried for hours to combat the sheet of ice leading out of his neighborhood. The team sent people out to help as well, but to no avail. He missed the game because he couldn't drive on the ice and nobody the team sent could get to him. Wow. In Portland, Oregon. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> no. Come on now. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. But Caps, there's someone with a, a, a truck, snow tires. You could have used Bruce Kaplan's snow tire. Anything, right? I got his snow tires in my garage. To be able to get to him and to get him to the game. What the hell is this? Everybody else is there, right, Shay? Uh, yeah. Not him, though. He was the only one that missed for ice. So they couldn't get a helicopter. Oh That's what God. I'm saying. And- Cap, they're rich. Right, and then the <laughs> freaking Phoenix Suns, the guy who owns the team, Ishby, oh, lives he's, here. He's a Portland Trailblazer. Oh, that's right. He's a Blazer. <laughs> okay, that's the Allen family. Yeah. They own Microsoft. You know what they said, Cap? We're 11 and 29. F it. Just stay Let's stay home. there. We're terrible. We'd rather lose anyway. We're terrible anyway. Yeah, you, a helicopter just comes in, hovers over the house. He comes out, little ladder, up. There we go. Strange. Strange. Would I like? I get Portland's hilly, and I guess probably would stop them. Maybe DeAndre Ayton lives on the top of a hill, and the cars couldn't get up the sheet of ice. But again, you're rich. You're, yes. you're a billionaire who owns the team. Your player needs help getting to the arena. Hire people with flamethrowers to melt the ice on the road. Walk in front of his car and melt the ice. Someone's got to get him out of there. Sounds good. <laughs> So, Coach, um, what's your lineup look like? Uh, you know, Shaden Sharp's out with the knee. Uh, you know, we got Jeremy Grant. He's out with the shoulder. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's out because of ice. Because of what, sir? He can't ice. get out of his house. It's too icy there. He's got a house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, like, seriously. All right, Shay. Can you imagine if Levine took a snow day? That'd be fine. <laughs> what we would do? Well, he's taking a lot this That'll week. That'll be fine. Uh How about American Airlines? We missed this story last week. If you missed it, a door flew off of an aircraft and a cell phone fell out of the aircraft and landed in somebody's yard. Also, somebody's shirt flew off of their body and out of the aircraft through the open door. It was the exit door that opened in flight. American Airlines offered the passengers... Alaska Airlines, go ahead. Alaska Airlines, excuse me. Uh, Slanderous by me. Alaska Airlines offered the passengers fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, each passenger. We'll give you fifteen. <laughs> fifteen hundred. <laughs> I mean, that's literally ludicrous. Hey, come on, man! I could have lost my life, and I want to scream like R. Kelly. But I got—I mean, it's my life here. Hoodies in the exit row, just holding on for dear life, getting dragged out of an aircraft at 30,000 feet. Let me just tell you something. If I'm in there and the door's open and my shirt comes off, I'm just diving out. (laughs) (laughs) So long, everybody. No one's going to see me like this. Imagine. Can't you imagine, Jay Moore? I'm I'm just in all of a sudden, like, my shirt comes off. Everyone's seeing all this? Nope. So long. Shirt flies off. I see him undoing his seatbelt. Hoodie. Nope. Put that seatbelt back on. Nope. Nope. I'm out. Nope. I'm going with the shirt. No one's seeing all this. Honey, cover that taco meat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Nope. I'd be be dive bombing for the shirt myself. So long, everybody. (laughs) Don't be ashamed. Nope. (laughs) A body like an unma- like an unmade bed. No one's gonna see this in public.
Song. Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, that's about $1,500 hood. If you're on that airplane. No. Are you asking for more than $1,500? Oh, doctor. Yeah. What is that equivalent of? Two two good trips? $1,500? Two good trips? Nothing overseas. Not for me and my wife. I mean, for Alaska Airlines. Oh, no. I'm asking for six figures. Oh, no. I'm saying, like, if it's $1,500, that's the equivalent of... If they give you that, oh, I could take two flights with this. I need more I than that. Fly to St. Louis with my Pretty wife much. and I twice. Pretty much. Yeah. So, no, that's... <laughs> Pass. We'd be on the Judge Mathis. We'd get this done. <laughs> How much would you like? 250000 And if you screw with me, we're going to make it worse on you. Yeah. All right, Shay. All right. The UCF Knights had a huge 15-point second-half comeback. They beat the Texas Longhorns. And after the game, the UCF players were doing a good old whoa, a good old horns down gesture, a horns down to the Texas Longhorns who blew that 15 point lead. Texas head coach Rodney Terry had words for the UCF players. And have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. Hey, baby, stick yourself. <laughs> hey, baby. Classless. Hey, baby. It's like Smokey Rattles. It does. <laughs> Happy Chinooka. Wow. <laughs> What's he doing pillow Do we talk still for? have that? Jay Moore, you got to find that. Who was the guy? He does sound like, he does like, smell like Smokey, Smokey Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Happy Chinooka. <laughs> hey, baby, you can't be putting that horns down like that. Happy Chinooka. I think it's in the system still. West Side Pimp? What's he, what's he sound like that for? That's strange. I, Happy Chinooka. You just blew a 15-point second-half lead. What are you pillow-talking the media for? Uh, Rodney Terry was so wrong there. Not- These are kids, man. They just pulled a big upset. They beat a big-time program in Texas. Horns down. Take that. Yeah. It was just talking about his classes. By the way, if Mike, if I'm the coach of, of Central Florida and I saw him correcting my kids, we have a problem. Yeah, I would be like, you know what? You worry about your own team. We, we'd have to be separated. I'll, dis- I'll discipline You don't discipline my kids. We beat your ass. And guess what? People that don't like Texas, they all do horns down. There's only a couple of hand signals, by the way, in college sports. Correct. That's one. Is it pause up? Maybe with it, the other one? There's only like two Who's or that? three. Clemson? Clemson, yeah. Or FIU, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, there's only a couple. Oh, and the U. The U. U up or U down. Yeah. It's only like two or three of them. The famous one, horns down when yeah. you beat them. Exactly. Because so, if they won, you know what they'd be doing? Hook them horns. Hook them horns. Well, guess what? Horns down. Take that. They are all, like, this is not the first time Texas has gotten upset by horns down. They are the most sensitive people. If you lose a game that way and the other team wants to hit you with horns down, and if I'm the UCF coach and I see Rodney Terry screaming at my players, you know what I'm doing? Horns down, Rodney. Yep. Get off the floor. Go worry about your kids. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, Brother. I did not. We watched it oh. together. I did not like that. Hey, baby, don't put the horns down. That's classless. Happy Chinooka. And happy Chinooka. 
whoever, whatever that is. We don't do that here. No, none of that here. Hey, baby, you look I, good I, tonight. I've got to find that happy Chanuka thing again. <laughs> I really, best. I don't get the pillow talk with the media. Like, hey, the, baby. The, wake up. You just blew a 15-point second-half lead. Hey, baby, where's my money? Do you have my money? Where's my money? You're about $500 light. Happy Chanuka. <laughs> All right, Shay. <laughs> uh, hoodie, the Emmys were earlier this week. They were. I know. I was surprised. It, it was the lowest rated broadcast of the Emmys in history. I do not watch, nor does my wife, any of the award shows. I, just, I, 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 I didn't know it was on, but I obviously you go to social media, you find out the results, Shay. Oh, yeah, of course. And, like, I didn't watch them live because... Um, I don't know if people are aware of this. The NFL playoffs are on. When you put the yeah. Emmys up against the NFL playoffs, you're going to get the lowest rated broadcast in history. Like, I don't get why these award shows still do this. The The Golden Globes did the same thing. A Monday night, the finale, or Sunday night, the finale of week eight, uh, 18 in the NFL. It was Bill's Chiefs for all the marbles, or Bill's Dolphins for all the marbles, and they put the Golden Globes up against it. Then you got the Emmys up against Eagles Buccaneers. Just put it on a different day. Like, the only reason I watch the Oscars, really, is because football's not on against them. Yes. My my beef with this is Better Call Saul uh, had 53 nominations over six seasons and zero wins. How in the hell did Better Call Saul not knock down one Emmy? What a great show. I've never great, seen it. Great show. Better Call Saul, uh, which is, you know, again, connected to Breaking, uh, Breaking Bad. Bad. And then it doesn't get anything. I, I was totally pissed off about that because it's like those guys work hard. As a matter of fact, Bob Odenkirk, I believe, had a heart attack while while doing one of these uh, shows. Came back, and Bob Odenkirk, Chicago guy, Bears fan, as Jimmy McGill, and as Saul Goodman, does not win anything. That's uh, insane to me. You would love Better Call Saul because it's produced by Vince Gilligan, uh-huh. who is a Twilight Zone guy, and everything he does he is kind of back from the island. He pretty much does a lot of things in the viewpoint of how Rod Serling did things, kind of that sci-fi, that type of style of of television. So I'm just disappointed that Better Call Saul didn't get anything. Now, our other shows that we liked got it done. Succession swept the board. I mean, the reason Better Call Saul didn't win anything really is because. It had to go up against Succession. And Succession was winning everything. Yes. so And deservedly so. Uh, maybe Better Call Saul should have done what the bear did and submit itself as a comedy, despite the fact that it's not funny at all. That's true. That, then they might have won something. The Bear, another Chicago show. The Bear, fantastic show on Hulu. At least they got some awards. But Bob Odenkirk, Chicago guy, should have been able to get something for Better Call Saul. I watched all the Breaking Bad, watched Better Call Saul. And only because I'm a Gilligan fan. Vince Gilligan does a great job. It just reminds me of like the way television used to be, Cap. So he was uh, the, the kid on. He was ha- uh, he got he was born on Gilligan's Island, right? <laughs> horrendous, just horrendous. Check. Uh, That's it for the folder, boys. Let's keep things timely. Uh huh. Because there's nothing more timely than that last comment. That's it. Gilligan's Island. I <laughs> came in talking about with this. Uh, will the real Lewis Riddick please stand up? He's like, "What show is that from?" I'm like, "Dude, I, I'm 29. I know the Eminem song. I what didn't realize it was from song? a show." Uh, to tell the truth. To tell the truth. Yes. There you go. We have a classic cut of the day coming up.
on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Here we go. It's fr- 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 Friday. Yeah. It's time to get it in for the weekend. Now back to Cap and Jay Hood. Turn the levels all the way up. up. ESPN Chicago. Now time for the classic Cap and Jay Hood cut of the day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut. Steakhouse, David Blom and Matt Moore's amazing restaurant on LaSalle, north side of the Chicago River, Jay Moore. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. It. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! The middle aisle of the plane was covered in diarrhea. Shot or no shot, this is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen during a flight. Beside of being hijacked? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. He'd rather have Idris Elba and his crew hijacking the plane. Just a second now. Snakes on a plane. Snakes Snakes on a plane Wesley is all, Snipes. pretty horrible. Did Kaplan just say snakes on a plane was Wesley Snipes? Yeah, yeah was it? All right, they all look the same, no. huh? Samuel Jackson. <laughs> oh, sorry. Brother. I don't know. Black actors are all the same. That's my brother. brother. That's my brother, though. Take that. Oh, my God. Is it Denzel? Remember Snakes in a Plane? Richard Pryor. He was hilarious in that. Him and the Snakes. Him and Gene Wilder. Wow. It was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) He's just something else. Snakes in a Plane, Sidney Poitier. (laughs) Looks who's coming to dinner. Hello. (laughs) Wait. He had snake for dinner. Remember that movie? The brother. Remember City Portier gets snakes for dinner. <laughs> These guys, man. You remember, right? You saw the movie. Look who's coming to dinner. There was snakes on the plate. It's weird. Coming up next, we have a special around the end. Chris Rock, wasn't he in there? <laughs> Chris Rock was also in there. <laughs> Keep your snake out of my mouth. And that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved Training Day. Will Smith, he's great in that movie. All the same to me. I'm not a movie guy. Captain J Hood Cut of the Day, brought to you by by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Try the burger. It's a Friday. Relax. Add some avocado. Get the healthy fat. Nice cold beer. Get yourself the fries that take three days to make because they're so delicious. And the mint Oreo ice cream pie. Take brother. <laughs> Who's in snakes of the plane? Do you Forrest Whitaker. Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker's fighting the snakes off. With the one eye. He can do it with one eye, apparently. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I see a snake. I'm going ice to kill the snake. Ice tea was on that. I'm going to kill the snake. The brother. LL Cool J in that movie. Ryan Poles. I saw Ryan Poles in the movie. Sticks on a plane. Wait a minute. It's Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren. Let me put my glasses on. Oh, brother. That's not him. Jeez. Anyway. Mindy. What what is Ryan doing in this film? Hoodie, I got to call Hoodie. Hoodie knows. Who is the black who was in the cap? Oh, my God. <laughs> the African no Cap would say that. He would say the African American gentleman. That's what he would say. Right. That's what Cal Cap would say. It. Correct. The African American gentleman <laughs> and snakes on a plane. Who's that guy? Um, okay. A brother. It, it's it's a brother. 
I know, but who is that guy? <laughs> he plays in a lot of different. I don't know. Mindy, Mindy knows. Mindy, <laughs> that's what you do. Wow. Sidebar may approach. Yeah, brought to you by Ankin Law. Three one two six million for the best in the business. The great Howard Ankin. Put that lawyer in your phone. Summer ball. Cap the Sopranos. Yes, great, great show. Do you know it wasn't just going to be uh, Tony Soprano who was played by James Gandolfini? Rest in peace. You know there was other people that were going to play Tony Soprano. Who? In the same waiting room to be able to audition to audition was Steve Van Zant. He was going to be Tony Soprano. Little Steven was going to be Tony. Little Steven from the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. I want you to think about that. Mm-hmm. What the Sopranos as good if if Van Zant is Tony Soprano? No, he was much better in the role they had him in. I'd agree. I'd agree. But uh, to come to find out, I read a story uh, yesterday that Van Zant and James Gandolfini were all both in the same room, and they just thought that James Gandolfini was much better. And they said, you know what? It's Van Zant. You know what? He's still good. He's good. But we could put him in the show as well. But Van Zant was going for the role. They used a consider, uh, serious consideration to be Tony Soprano. Yeah, he was Silvio Dante in The Sopranos. And I think it worked out perfectly how they casted it. Kendolfini just was just more natural in this spot. I think it would have been a little bit more cartoonish if Van Zant would have been Tony Soprano. It would have been more cartoon. I think. I agree. Or just more like more personality. I mean, when you saw Gandolfini, he looked like a mob boss. He, yeah, he, he talked like one. He, he did. He was cast as one. He was awesome. Little Steve, you realize Little Steven is 72 years of age. That's bananas. Crazy. Springsteen, 73. It's like, where did the years go, man? Well, we hope that you have a great football weekend. Our thanks to you for listening and twitching and being part of the program here on Cap and Jay Hood. Our thanks to Shay and Jay Moore on the other side of the glass for a job well done this week. And uh, how about we do a uh, football Monday show? I think I'm in for that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Monday morning at 7. We'll see you. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago.